Oh, hi, Greg. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Jeff. Apparently, that's a really good movie. The Disaster Artist keeps uh, getting good reviews. Really? Where? It, I saw that. It, I saw good reviews. I saw that it won at some film festival recently. It wasn't Sundance or whatnot, but I think it did really well there as well. The AV Club review was not. No, not too, so good. Huh? It wasn't terrible, but it was more like. A, you have to be a fan of the room in order to really appreciate it, apparently. Oh, okay. And but but wow, yeah, ninety four percent from the tomato meter. Okay. Yeah. So actually, that's not a tomato. That's a uh, that's a tomatometer. Because mm. it's a measuring device. Tomatometer. Whereas a meter is a measure of distance. Yes. So our pre-show beer is. I don't know why Heather keeps buying these candy, crappy candy beers from Terrapin. Um, well, he, because he, she something's working about it. Well, no, she thinks she likes them because there was like one good one that she had, uh-huh. and like the last five that she's bought, no, you know, she, she's like this beer sucks. So I told her to cap it. And I figured we could do it in the pre-show. Chubby just, Bunny Imperial S'mores Milk Stout. Mm. I figure we can just figure out exactly how it does suck here. Probably not worth doing in the main show. I um, I think I told you that uh, in my new position, which I, I do a little present, a little show and tell thing every Friday. Okay. And uh, this Friday, I showed off my little plasma globe. These are the notes I made for how it all works. Okay. The plasma globe. <clears throat> Finger increases the capacitance of the glass. This is almost like a um, XKCD comic or something. You sort know? of. Kind of how it's teaching but illustrating as well. Mostly vacuum, diffuse, gas, noble elements, neon, and argon. She should Hard. describe what... So, oh, yes. Yeah, so um, that's, that's, that's describing the... In, so, the plasma ball, one of those things you've seen um, at, at Spencer Gifts or whatever, it has the, it's a little thingy inside and lots of little plasma streaks, and you can mm-hmm. touch the outside of the glass, and, and it'll streak on, build, up on your hands. So, essentially, uh, the, the dome itself is, is mostly evacuated of gas with a slight you know, trace amounts of diffuse gas of um, these elements of, of, in this case, most likely, from what I read, neon and argon. Right. The the neon's probably there for the illumination plasma stuff, like like in a neon light. The argon is probably there just to be neutral. Like, no, actually, no, it's, really? it, it it does have a different. Uh, it, it it can have different colors and effects. Okay. So, like you can see some with different colors going on. That's so the same same way you can have like xenon lights, and you can have okay. uh, argon lights. You, you know, you can do these kind of things with with, with these different. Uh, Okay. Yes. I didn't know there was a Tesla coil inside the middle there. That's basically the center of it is a Tesla coil. Uh, it is an electric resonator, so it gets to a very high voltage and builds a high potential. Therefore, uh, the electricity wants to arc to ground, which is going anywhere around the globe is going to be ground. Uh, and there is, it's not really mentioned there, but there's usually an, another um, alternating current being thrown into there just to make the gas into a plasma state. Okay. So now the current wants to get out from the, from the Tesla coil to the outside. And it now has the ability to, because the inside gas has been turned into a plasma. So you have all these charged ions mm-hmm. floating around. Okay. They allow for a much more con- conducive environment for a charged arc from the Tesla coil to the outside. And it's going to do that through 
the plasma. And when it does, it puts the atoms into an excited state, immediately drops them because the electron goes through them, right? And pops into them and then pops right out. That fires off the photon. Okay. Current moving through the plasma excites the atoms, right? Makes the light, okay? Uh, current creates magnetic field, which induces electric field, which induces magnetic field, etc. Falcon direction, plane of motion. So it's going this way, right? It's, let's say it's going from east to west or whatever, however you want to point this, going uh-huh. in some direction, and it's going to have some field. Uh, it's going to have electric field here. It's going to have a magnetic field like this way. And then that's going to induce a field orthogonally. Right. And it's going to induce a field orthogonally, orthogonally, orthogonally. And it's just going to wrap around itself. Right. So as it's moving, it's basically... The glass is an insulator, so the current's not getting through to your finger. It's just the capacitance of your finger that's mm-hmm. making it... Yeah, and the current's really low anyway. Right. The, the nice thing but about how the diffuse gas in the plasma environment is the current does not have to be very high. Does, does it travel like along the inside of the globe back down to the like the cathode of the? I assume so. Yes. Of the. Um... When you say Tesla coil, do you mean Van de Graaff generator in there? No, it's no? it's literally okay. a, a resonator. It's just a resonator okay. with a with a cap on it for. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, when you put your when you put your finger onto the um, glass, yeah, it increases the capacitance uh, of of that glass, so the, so it's much more likely to to want to get the charge to that position on the glass, and that's why the other thing that happens in 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 these is that they the streaks get really really bright and really like more defined mm-hmm. when you do that, and that's what's happening with the magnetic field. Because it's wrapping around itself, it's getting this. It's it's confining the the plasma into a tighter and tighter space. So it gets it gets brighter, and you see a you see a real line, a very distinct line instead of a diffuse line. Right. This is the same phenomena behind prominences on the sun, things like that. Magnetic field lines start twisting around each other in plasmas. Okay. Neat. It is neat. I was like, this is a, I felt like this was a good, like, just so I could have, you know, when I, when I was trying to explain this stuff, I would have this as my notes. Like, okay, right. so. So when you see, like, a cheesy B-movie of a scientist's work lab, right, you see the plasma globes, mm-hmm. you see the Jacob's Ladder. Sure. Then you also see that flat one that looks like lightning. Yeah. Do you know anything about I what those are? I those think are, those are similar in... At least they're they're similar in in their look to what they do as to plasma mm-hmm. globes. So, because it's some sort of arcing phenomenon. Yeah. So that makes me think it's probably um, a similar situation where it's some sort of plasma thing, but it's just perhaps it's it's the, like the earliest version of a plasma TV or something like that, where you're making these plasmas and you can arc electricity across. Okay. Them. Yeah, I just wondered if you knew anything about those. I don't I knew, know. I knew you weren't prepared to, yeah. to go into as much detail, but I don't even know. And that's, like, just, that's just me assuming. What that thing is called, yeah. let alone... Maybe, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm Google can find it. Try plasma disk, right? Let's see if that works. Or search Spencer's for <laughs> light-up toys. Yeah, so plasma disk. Okay. 
So, yeah. Plasma plate. Yeah, that's probably more. I have to figure out how those work. I mean, it's probably mostly the same thing, but they have a completely different feel to them. You know, like, look, they're a lot more light. Maybe it's just the gas inside the chamber, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's making it behave more like lightning and jumping around as opposed to yeah, I think that, that ethereal glow right. that you get from a, a plasma globe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look into it, but it's a good question. That's my show and tell. <laughs> so, is it the last Rick and Morty tonight? Yes. Season finale. Season finale. over again for another year and a half, <laughs> two years, three years. And so much Harmon's well, drinking these days. I mean, if you think about it, that's almost is. <sighs> What's well, the difference between, you know, um, seasons of that and seasons of, like, Fargo or something, or... Yeah, like Westworld. Game of Thrones is a long time between the seasons, but look at look at Kirby Enthusiasm coming back after <laughs> 60 years, right? I mean, it's... Yeah. Oh, I watched the, um, the Chappelle special on Netflix. <laughs> That's really fucking good. <laughs> that was really good. And I started watching BoJack Horseman last night. It's a good show. It takes a while for it to get beyond very simple, silly stuff, but it does. Okay. Um, I think if someone showed, showed this to me. Let me see if I can show you an example of... So this is Graph TV. I graph some IMDB ratings from people. Mm -hmm. Rick and Morty is very high. You can see here it uh, you know, starts at the, the lowest ever. is like around 8, or actually lowest ever looks like it's around 7... Seven and three quarters, and that was in the second interdimensional cable episode. Okay. <laughs> if we scale this from zero to ten, you see where Rick and Morty is. Right. So let's look at Bojack Horseman. <coughs> That's an interesting uh, website or plot. It shows how a show improves or de. Does it have like a. I guess it makes it easy to visualize when it jumps the shark, huh? It, it definitely. How come, what? All right, I gotta find, how to find the IMDb ID of Bojack Horseman. Yeah, so I just watched uh, two episodes. I you know, got four seasons to catch up on. So it'll be one of those things I play through when there's nothing else I want, to, nothing else to watch. IMDb ID is there. It's called Graph TV. That chubby bunny wasn't awful. Wasn't awful now. It's not awful. It's just uh, it's not worth you know seeking out so much unless you want like if you want like a chocolate bunny s'more uh, beer, you're probably disappointed in what it's delivering. If you want a sweet dessert beer, it's fine. Hmm. It's good. No Bojack Horseman? No, I, I've seen it before because that's where I was introduced to it. So I know it's on there. Okay. The um, first couple of episodes has the... I don't know if he's a... How long the character's in the show, but the dog with the voice by Paul F. Tompkins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's some of my favorite parts right there. Mr. Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter, yes. Like, he's sitting in his house and the doorbell rings and he gets all excited. Like, oh, the, oh, the door! <laughs> yeah, I just love how they work in some of the... Uh, 
uh, you know, characteristics of the animals. <laughs> and then the Navy, the seal, Here we go. the seal that he disses at the grocery store turns out to be a Navy seal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you can see start to the seven goes up, gets up to like about an eight. Then every season keeps getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks like the latest season is has some pretty, sh- has some has what three amazing episodes in it. Yeah, I've only seen up to I think uh, here. Okay, so I haven't seen all of it, but I'm slowly getting through it. But yeah, it's a uh, it's also getting more dispersed, right? I mean. All the seasons, well, seasons one and two are really tight. There's no amazing, but no poopers. And season three has like two amazings and one below average. Mm-hmm. And then look, season four has like two or three, you know, relatively poor, and then three amazing. Yeah, and then... relatively considering the season, but these are all better than like most of yeah. them from the first season. Okay, so... yeah, I suppose you're right there. And you know, this is of course this is just based on aggregate user reviews on imdb so it's not the most like cutting edge or or most uh um, unbiased source of information no but but it's it's a cool visualization of a lifetime of a show so let's look at for example community that i was gonna say better call saul or better call saul so scale one zero to ten yeah, everything is. It doesn't basically between eight and ten. <laughs> it's yeah, it, very. Uh, it's, they love that show very tightly. In there, yeah, there's like and, two and two knockout episodes a season. Looks like looks like so. If you if you look at this though, okay, so if we auto scale the axis a bit, we see that there's the nines are more in season one and season a uh, three. Right, season two had some stuff at only three episodes above nine, but the worst one was down to eight and a quarter, and it's the worst episode of uh, of the series, Rebecca, which I don't even remember now. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what that was. Um, but you see that definitely seasons one and season three were mm-hmm. held to higher to are considered better than season two. That's pretty cool. He's <laughs> all over the fucking place. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, Community has more episodes, so of course the, mm-hmm. the, there's more stuff to plot. But yeah, you see how the first season, it's sort of like around eight, and a, it's around eight between eight and a half, and then there are some exceptional ones, and then here's Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Here's Paintball. Then season two has just a ton of fantastic episodes. Yeah. So does so does season three, although it does have some ones that kind of drop out of the trend line more. But then season four drops significantly. Dan Harmon's back. Troy leaves. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of muddling the morass for a while, and then the the last uh, few two or three episodes of the season um, are are actually mm-hmm. really good. So, wow, season four, yeah, <laughs> it's like way below. Mm-hmm. That's inter- that's cool. That's a really cool site. What's it called again? Graph TV. Graph TV. 
You should see like how the um... oh, put in Survivor just to see like something with so many seasons what it does. All right, are you watching Survivor? I am not. I haven't watched Survivor in four years, five years. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You can't even tell what's going on. It seems to be getting better though. The last couple of seasons, last four seasons, seem better than the average. More or less. I mean, obviously, else you can really. Yeah, it's trending yeah, up. Yeah, so I mean, it's slightly, slightly trending up. But yeah, I, I would agree. Overall, the worst episodes seem to be around season four. The reunion episode of, of season <laughs> four is the single worst episode of the series. And the reunion episode of Thailand in season five is... It doesn't tell you how many episodes are in the graph, does it? Like... It tells you how many... Mm, well, for each one, it will tell you... I'm just curious how many dots are on that graph. Oh, how many dots? Yeah. Mm. Does, I was wondering if it said... I don't, I don't expect you to count them or anything. I don't know, yeah. That's like 300 it's... episodes. So there is... So we have the season trend line, there's a serious trend line... And yeah, it is slightly up. Go watch Survivor some more. <laughs> it's not all that different no. from where it was at the beginning. So I'm not, right. you know, so I, I think I've like, seen... What, seasons like 14, 15 seem to be like the low, whatever that purple and green is there. Yeah, yeah, the so right. 14, 13, 14. And then 23 or 24 down there, yeah. Yeah, 21... 22 is bad. 23 seems to be kind of all, all over the map. 24 in general is bad. It looks like the best season recently was season 31 because it's all way mm-hmm. above the trend line. Yeah. Have to go download season 31, see what kind of crazy <laughs> shit happened there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's really, in, that's awesome. Data. Data visualizes is mm-hmm. a useful thing. Yeah. It, data mining, right? You know, the idea of taking mm-hmm. raw data, which doesn't have any apparent value, and distilling something of value out of it. And I'm not saying this is necessarily valuable, but... It's valuable when, in, 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 a, in a couple senses. One, it's a good way to, to look at, the, you know, this sort of data. Mm-hmm. Two, it's a good way to express how this kind of data works to people. And three, it's a good way to give people ideas. Mm-hmm. And four, it's a good way to check in on episode on, on television. So I think it has four distinct uses I can think of, even though it is, it's ultimately silly. Right. That doesn't mean it's not useful or interesting. Ignobel worthy, you might say. <laughs> yes. Yes. There, we should write a research paper on the trend line of survivor. <laughs> <laughs> 35 seasons of survivor. That could be... And map it to, like, uh, socioeconomic, like, stuff. <laughs> if, you could find a, if, if you could find a consistent, like, measure of, you know, or, or consistent correlation between bad seasons and good seasons, that would be an interesting and possibly ignoble... <laughs> That's exactly the kinds yeah. of things that are ignoble, right? Especially if you could correlate it with the, um, the Federal Reserve doing something or... <laughs> or the S&P 500, right? right? I'll have to work on that in my spare time. <laughs> so the the first episode of this new season is actually well below the trend line, so... Yeah. Not a good way to start! 
I saw a bunch of people jumping off a boat in a frantic when I was watching a football game and they had the, <laughs> the teaser on, you know, one of the starts that they did, you know, years and years ago. Like, oh, they're doing that one again. Okay. I told you, I, I think I uploaded them all to you. I don't know if you, if you bothered to watch them. Oh, the, the good place? Not yet. No, I know they're in there. I'll get to them. not even on here so i can't the uh, i was looking through new sh- is there any good new shows that you know they're coming out like anything that you're waiting for to start or started um i'm somewhat intrigued but not really all that interested in the the adam scott Craig T. Robinson vehicle called Ghosted in the sense that I like those two actors, but I don't okay. think that uh, what I've seen of, of it doesn't look very funny or, or it looks just stupid. Okay. And, but apparently, you know, pilot episodes are difficult to do. So it could be the case that it's. Um... What do you think of that new uh, Star Trek? Did you see that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I did. I did. And it was. Um... I saw. Mo- I saw the last half of the first episode or so. Okay. Uh, I downloaded it, but I didn't go back to watch the beginning part. I, I saw from when they're in the debris field and noticed the thing that's cloaking itself, and that's when I turned it on. So so it it felt very J.J. Abrams-ish. It was very kind of action-oriented. Uh, and slick looking, and the look is fine. I mean, hey, you got to make things look like they're. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these guys who says you have to. It has to look like the old <laughs> series because. Well, yeah, it doesn't look like it has to be made. Uh, what twenty years right, before yeah. 1960, whatever. But yeah, um, dials and knobs just don't look like. <laughs> don't look like the 23rd century mm-hmm. anymore. Um. So. Look, you know, it's fine. I think it was actually pretty, uh, very pretty. The cinematography was nice. The the shots were it was shot very well. Seemed to be directed uh, well in terms of of what I was getting. Uh, but it was mostly kind of a, a two episode like little war thing and sort of an introduction to a character who you're not really supposed to like from what I'm mm-hmm. gathering. Yeah, uh, and then. Oh, hell breaks loose and shooty shooty pow pow. But of course, that's not really Star Trek. Star Trek is not shooty shooty mm-hmm. lasers. Right. I mean, it has it has elements of that in, in mm-hmm. some episodes, but that's not Star Trek. It's not the right. the focus of of the series. It's about working together and and fig, finding your way through problems stuff like that. What do you think about CBS putting that on their subscription service? Oh, I think it's you know it, it it's the way things are going. I, not surprised by it right i mean i i figure what their theory was let's find something that has a rabid fan base can we get the rights to star trek okay and then let's make people pay for it i i don't think at least what i saw second half of the first episode Mm -hmm. because you have to get the second episode on the subscription right unless you find it via other means yes and it certainly was not compelling enough. It seemed too. It seemed too Transformersy. You know, maybe it was the lens flares and the the war and the stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem uh, 
it didn't seem Star Trek-y enough, uh, depth, in-depth enough. It didn't show... Um... I will, though, say the pilot for the best Star Trek series in general do not hold up well. Yeah. The pilot for yeah. uh, TNG, probably... But... Everyone, probably most people's like favorite, or at least everyone's very high up there, is pretty awful episode. Right. Uh, the thing took, is, it took them three seasons to really understand what they were doing. Yes, and people could tune in along the way and see mm-hmm. if it's gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Now you have. Well, but then you have the other problem with that idea of yours, which is after the third season and it's really good, and then move it away. Then people are like, wait a minute, it was, it was, <laughs> we had it for three seasons. Yeah. Now we have to pay for it. And then that that gets a backlash as opposed to this is like, we're going to be working on it. You can watch all your CBS shows that you love. Oh, plus you know, Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. So th- it's it's the Netflix model in a sense. It's trying to bring mm-hmm. people in, or the HBO model at the very least. Right. Uh, and, that, and that's fine if, if Star Trek... I think that the way it was directed, the way it was written... If they keep, if they start to do more Star Trek stories with it, and not, I mean, I understand. Okay, you you want to get people interested, a a war story, a shooty bits, mm-hmm. show people, hey, you know, it's still got all all the fun stuff there. But but, and, you know, it's a pilot. Okay, I'm willing to, I'm still willing to give it a chance. I'm not like shitting on it. It, it was wasn't like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's still capable of being a good show. Right now. Just those episodes does not feel very Star Trek to me, mm-hmm, right? But that doesn't mean it won't ultimately, you know, it's not ultimately telling a story. Maybe, maybe that's a Star it'll Trek settle story. in. Maybe they were really trying with the double pilot to get the attention, and maybe it's not going to stay. So you know, like I said, you know, so many lens flares and rogue elements acting mm-hmm. alone you know that that character what was her name uh mike or michael yeah um you know just being at least the part i saw i mean generally mutiny unlikable on a, mutiny on on starfleet the whole thing about starfleet is they're so you know they're all together and mm-hmm. mutiny is practically unheard of in in starfleet so you know you could do war stuff like deep space nine had, had two basically two and the character of war, so like okay so i missed the the establishment but she was Parents are killed and she was raised on Vulcan, right? Yeah. But she's this complete, you know, loose, loose, fe- you know, you know, loose wire, you know, she's doing whatever, you know, it's just like your whole upbringing on Vulcan and then you knock out the captain and try to start a war. Right. The, the implication is a little, it's, it's explored more in the, in the second episode, um, which, yeah, I, I, um, I do not have a subscription to CBS Access, so I don't know how I got the second episode, but somehow it got into my hands. Uh, it sets up more of her character. She still is, it sets up like a little bit of you know how she how she got on board, how she started. She came out very Vulcan like out of the Vulcan Academy, and slowly became more human. All of her human elements started to come out. But she has a talk with Sarek, and in, in, I guess the end of the first one, and she and Sarek says, "You have to do this," and so she. Decides, okay, well, that's what I have to do. Period. Right. And she, her excuse is she's trying to save everybody, but she thinks she's being logical. Yes, it goes, it goes pear shape real quick. Yeah. And, I mean, as soon as you, um, 
you know, knock out the captain and, and assume control of the ship. I mean, you're you're a first officer. You're the first officer's duty is to do what the captain says to make sure what the captain says gets done. You can mm-hmm. you can argue with the captain all you want in private, but when you're out in front of the crew, you yeah. you are the captain's vessel. Yes, and that's. It just seemed like what, yeah. <laughs> especially like thinking like, wait, she's raised Vulcan, mm-hmm. you know, she's got a bit of that. Spock was half human, right? Yes. So, you know, you can kind of see where they were trying to tie in some of that, but uh, yeah, it's like really, really, yeah. It, it it didn't feel it didn't feel authentically Star Trek, but but if that's part of, I mean, it it also seemed like they're. They're trying, especially if you look at the you know what's coming up in the in the future of, mm-hmm. of the show. If you look at that, um, you know it's like two, two or three minutes, and it looks like yeah, they're going to be telling a story here with this character, and they're also going to be doing Star Trekky things along the way. Okay, and so that makes me like it, it got me really interested looking at the the stuff that was coming up. I was like, okay, they're. As long as you have a you know, an arc that you're doing, and it's not just this one thing, then right. that's fine. That's they really made the uh, the Klingons more Klingony than than they had been in the past. The Klingons have always changed. Yeah, every time, right? I mean, you go if you look at at the at the original series, they are just people with shoe polish on their heads. Mm-hmm. Then they even just go to, to the right the original series movies and they have all the makeup and stuff like that and they you know that gets changed mm-hmm. differently and okay so through the TNG years they all sort of look the same then they go into the JJ verse and they're way different yeah. I don't mind it the way things look is not vitally important it's the it's the atmosphere and the attitude right it, it's it's about the commitment to that. To, to that the ethos of that universe. I saw some reviews for Young Sheldon, the uh, Bing Bang oh. Theory spinoff. <laughs> it's like every character on the show is like universally unlikable. <laughs> I don't expect I'll ever see that since I could never really get the Big Bang downloaded from Usenet. But uh, after I heard how unlikable it was, I wanted to watch like the first. You know, the first act and just see how bad it was. <laughs> Is, uh I can't. Mr. I can't Robot's coming back next week. Oh, all right. I'm on, curious. On the 11th. Nathan for you is coming back on the 5th. Oh, Nathan for you, yeah. They, I saw they, the first they did that, that was the first episode or that kind of recap of... I didn't see that, but I heard it was really good. It was... It was good if you like... Nathan being at his most awkward, like, like, you know, when he, you know, that to me is, is kind of the show. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like, I mean, like cringingly awkward. The the show makes you cringe. So here's the, here's what the good place looks like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good trend to it for Mm -hmm. sure. All right. I will watch. I will watch. Trying to see. I, I, I subscribe to a couple other. Shows that are coming out that were kind of top ranked, but not too excited. You know, we'll just see if the pilots are any. I'm good. really kind of surprised how low this the the third episode of season three is because it was utterly fan fucking testing. Okay. 
The Deuce. That's a. I watched from... the first episode. Okay. Not like on board yet, but hey, it took me six episodes. It took a long time to get to the wire. Yeah, yeah I know. So I'm going to watch that just because of the showrunner. But never did get into Treme, so who knows? Okay. All right. I mean, that's about all the shows that I got here that I've been um, kind of scoping out. 280 character Twitter. Yes, what we need. <laughs> I don't think it's going to ruin Twitter. I think people who are complaining about it this week have ruined Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the first day where everyone were putting out these, you know, tweets with 280 right. line returns in it. Oh yeah, I, I saw that there, there's a way you can you can sort of make Twitter do it automatically for you because it's apparently being like phased in for people, yeah. but you can adjust your headers or something to make it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been like making sure my Twitter apps updated to see if it <laughs> comes with an update. I don't know if it comes in an update or if it, you know, just gets unlocked for your whitelisted for your account, but, uh, I don't have it yet. But then again, now, since everyone's been such a dipshit with their allotment of, you know, 280 tweets or with the increase, you know, now I'm extra self-conscious not to do anything stupid with it. <laughs> Speak, so I had one tweet, two tweets this week that were me, that I, that I liked. That okay. I tweeted. All right. The first one was um, after you know, the NFL protests and Trump was tweeting that <laughs> And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know the president will call me will call for me to be fired if I'm not patriotic enough. Oh man, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy that he got that stuck in his crawl. And the second one was after like last night, Trump saying that the you know the Puerto Rico the mayor of San Juan, yeah, she's a nasty woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and and telling you how how she should. She should say this and this and this, and it's like Trump is the last. It's like Trump is the last person who should be instructing anyone on decorum. And why is Trump telling people what they what they should say? There's that, and then Trump telling people in Puerto Rico that what they're experiencing firsthand is fake news. <laughs> it's gaslighting everybody. Yeah, pretty much. I had two. I don't know if 20, 2017 is an interesting year. It, it's it's a much more funny year than twenty sixteen was in terms of just how fucking absurd it is. Twenty sixteen was a fucking downer of a year. Twenty seventeen <laughs> is like, okay, here we are. <laughs> hey, it's it's mostly over. It, yeah, there's that. Well, if you asked to wake me up when September ends, that'd be today. All right. <laughs> what was that from? I don't. Is a Green Day song oh. from, from American Idiot? Wake me up when September ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I recognize. It. I remember the song now. But sorry, that sorry. was sorry, Mister. That was like the only those of, of the four or five lines that are in the song. <laughs> that's the one that gets repeated over and over and okay. over and over and over. All right. I'll go listen for it after the show. Maybe that'll be our intro music. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that to people. <laughs> All right. Beer time. Beer time.